Get your copy of these life-changing books today. Thank you for joining us. For prayer request, visit us at thecityoftruth-international.org. Are you ready to both hear and heal from heaven? This is the place for you. This is a place where we like church, but we really love the truth. Stay tuned. Be connected. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon, wherever your time zone is. Hello, hello, hello. Excuse me, I had to pick up something. <laughs> How you doing? I hope you can pray that you have been well. On this 2022, God has truly been faithful. I hope you paid special close attention to the announcements and the promotions of different ones that I can testify that are credible, that are incredible. Uh, we, you know, I always say this, that people look to be incredible, uh, but they first have failed, but they first have failed to be credible. God is not going to make your name or anything you do incredible if you first are not credible. I just gave a whole word right there, whether you wanted to, whether you know it or not, until you become credible, until you can become trustworthy, until your name has credibility. Hallelujah. Don't look to have any type of, don't look to be incredible. Don't look for whatever you do to be incredible because you first have to be credible. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, you have to be credible before you look for or try to be incredible. Amen. So the ones that I have uh, posted, and those are just those so far, um, they didn't even know I was going to do it. They probably won't even see it. And that's fine because like I told my wife, I'm not doing it to be seen. I'm not doing it to even be thanked. I'm just thankful that on this journey, on this on this walk, that I am finding and, and, and being acquainted with um, some credible individuals doing incredible things, people that are integrous. Um, again, remember, the diff there is a difference between being perfect and being pure. Everybody, we all have something that we are still uh, believing God to perfect because it concerns us. That's a whole message in itself. Don't look for God to perfect anything when you like being messy. Oh, sweet wonder. <laughs> yeah, but because it is an issue with us, uh, it, God is going to perfect those things. Somebody, I just gave you another word that concerns you. When you are no longer bothered by it, when you no longer, when you have become calloused, 
to it, when you have become numb to it, when you have taken an indifferent attitude about it, don't look for God to perfect it or complete it or uh, make it uh, complete, make it whole, make it better because you no longer care about it. But as long as you are concerned, listen, I'm not talking about being worried, but as long as you are concerned, as long as you're keeping that thing up before the Lord, the Lord is going to perfect that which concerns you. My God today. So please, whatever you do, don't stop being concerned. Don't stop caring. Don't become numb to it. Don't become callous to it. Don't become hardened to it. Continue uh, to have it before the Lord as a concern because he will perfect that which concerns you and I. So again, it's not about being perfect, but I thank God that uh, I, I am being uh, affiliated, associated. I am um, catching wind of individuals that are pure in heart. Hallelujah. Those who have pure intentions, uh, those who really want God to get the glory. Yes. Uh -huh. Everybody saying glory out of their mouth. Everybody lifting up holy hands. Everybody doing this work, that work, and whatever work they're doing does not want to see God get the glory. Hallelujah. It's about a brand. It's about them trying to make a name for themselves. It's about how uh, they can, uh, you know, uh, build a, a, an audience. Uh, but I am looking for to connect with, to affiliate with, to fellowship with glory carriers that want to give God glory. Those who are determined that prayed the prayer that Jesus prayed in John 17. I'll say it again. Father, glorify thy son. Not so that I could be a sensation, not so that I could be viral, not so that I could be in everybody on everybody's platform or be invited, invited to everybody's uh, 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 whatever uh, conference. But Lord, Jesus said, Father, glorify thy son. Why? That thy son may glorify thee. Yes, uh, glorify me because as you lift me, I'm going to lift you. As you take me higher, I'm taking you with me. Some people can't be taken higher because they're going to leave God behind and act like they did it by their own righteousness. Yeah. But Lord, as you take me, as you lift me, I will lift you. And how do I know that the Lord will keep me? And how do I know that God is with me when he lifts me? Hear this. It's because when he lifts me, he keeps me. Uh, God is not going to lift you and you turn to any other idol or anything else to find comfort, to find peace, uh, to find whatever it is that you need. God's not going to lift you and then you turn to Jim Bean or Mad Dog 2020 or to uh, Grey Goose or to Alize. I'm saying some old school stuff. He's not going to do it so that you can turn to the bottle, turn to a pill, turn to turn to any other uh, drug or whatever it is or any other person in order for you to stay up. Mm -mm. You're not going to have to compromise your integrity. You're not going to have to compromise your identity. Hello, somebody. But when God takes you there, he'll keep you there because you know the same one that takes you there, the same one that's bringing you there is the same one. The same one that's delivering you is the same one you're looking to, to lie you down and to raise you up, to tuck you in and to squeeze you tight, to, 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 to wipe the tears from your eyes, to heal the wounds that are on your back and, and the lashes that have been coming from the tongues of the whippings of men. He's the same one that keeps you when he lifts you. I'm giving somebody a word in preliminary just right here. He keeps you when he lifts you. 
He doesn't want you addicted to anything or anybody after you've been lifted because that what, what what's the purpose of him taking you there and you gravitate to something else in order for you to feel peace and joy in order for you to feel accepted in order for you to feel comforted that's that that's a, that's an oxymoron God is not going to take you anywhere without him being there to supply everything you need in the high moments oh my and in the low moments in the in the, in the times when everybody speaks well of you and for whatever reason the people begin to speak ill of you when you have been walking in integrity walking in credibility walking in righteousness because you are determined that as you glorify me I'm going to glorify you and everybody doesn't want to know that God did it everybody doesn't want to know that God's doing it everybody don't want to know the secret of success because if everybody wants to know the secret of success everybody's not willing to pay the price because it's going to cost you some relationships it's going to cost you some platforms it's going to cost you some um, some cheering it's going to cost you some acceptance because when God is really in it you are not going to compromise and you refuse to lay down and sleep with and lay with and party with and kick back with anything and anybody at the expense of losing him in his presence in your life. Oh my God, I'm preaching better than you're saying amen. My God today. So these credible people, these people that I, I, I sense and see and I've observed in the Holy Spirit uh, that they are striving and that they are pressing uh, toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God. I, I, I solicit, I implore you, I, I beseech you, if I can speak King James, <laughs> I beseech you that you will support these very ones. Um, their information, if you don't know, watch the video again, watch the beginning. You don't have to listen to me. Just watch and get their information and let, or unless somebody is putting their information in the comment section, um, go and get their work um, because I believe that it is going to be life transforming. I believe it's going to change um, the way you think, change the way you live, and change the way you serve. Amen. So we give you pray, we give God praise, and we give Him honor, and we give Him all of the glory. I, I be I, I honor each and every one of you that are on. I don't know who's out there again. Remember, I can't see comments, I can't see faces, uh, but I thank you for those who have tuned in, whatever platform you're on, whether you're on our website. Whether you're on YouTube, whether you're on, uh, uh, whether you're on what's that thing, Roku? Whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, Roku? Whether you're on um, what's that other Twitch? Whatever platform you're on, we're on everything, people of God. Because in times like these, I said it that we need to hear an anointed, and we need to hear an authentic word uh, that is not trying to stir up the emotions of the people of God. Uh, but are willing to give you what thus says the Lord. Amen. Thus says the Lord. So in any way, shape, form, or fashion, if you see me uh, uh, messing up or as it relates to if the, if the connection or whatever is not uh, going right, let me know. Um, I am wired connected, so I'm not Wi-Fi, but I am wired. But just let me know. Feel free. I won't feel as if you are interrupting or anything. I have my shirt on. Uh, from that is from Truthwear, uh, Truth Apparel. It says, 
impossible, but we have to cross out the I am, and then we have to underline the possible. So it is not impossible. Maybe I put the screen down. It is not impossible. It's possible. So you need to scratch out the I am in your lives and just underscore the possible in your lives. Possible. It's possible. Whatever God has called you to do, whatever God wants to do through you, it is possible, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, it is possible for it to be done. Because you know why? Because it is not you that does it. It is the Lord. It is the Holy Spirit. It is the word of God. All he wants from us is a persistent, consistent yes. Lord, I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know uh, where, but yes, Lord. Because when your yes is intact, He'll perform everything. You know what? I, I, I love God. And we're going to go into the word. We're going to go into the word. I love God because you know what I've grown to understand and grown to discover? That is not about him even telling me what to say. And I say it. <laughs> let me let that pause right there. It's not about, it's not even about God telling me, the Holy Spirit telling me to say something. And I say, okay, God, I'll say it. That doesn't happen all the time. What my responsibility is, is Lord, remove me, move me out of the way so that whatever you want to send or bring through me, that it will come through unobstructed. See, because even if we put it on ourselves that it's me that um, that has done this or it's me that that speaks what God told me to speak. I, I All the time, the things that is released, like even now, preliminary stuff. Uh, all this, well, a lot of, even beyond the preliminary stuff, stuff that is spoken, it's not that God has said, it said, I need you to say this. If, if, if my wife would be my witness right now and come into the room, I have no notes in front of me. All I have in front of me is the Bible and, and, and a couple of things, maybe, uh, if we go in that direction that, that I've written down, uh, that was done just by uh, meditation and prayer. And that's it. But all of this, I just want to get out the way. I study, I pray, and I get out the way. Come on now, somebody. That's a shirt right there. I study and I pray and I get out the way and just let the Holy Spirit do what he wants to do. I don't want to even have it on me to say that, you know, Lord, whatever you want me to say, just tell me. And I'll say, I don't even want to have the responsibility of feeling as if I have uh, the, the the audacity, the boldness, or, uh, you know, to say it when God says, say it. Lord, if you want to say it, just remove me so far out of myself that I say it. And then after I watch the video or hear the tape or hear the CD or hear the MP3, I'm like, Lord, you said that? Because it wasn't me that said it. I just study prayed and I moved out the way and he said it. And before long, when I hear the playback, I'm like, Ooh, my wife could tell you, I hear many stuff like, blah, blah, like, Ooh. And, and she'll be like, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He did that. He said that. I'm like, Ooh, because it, it, it moves the emphasis that it's me that has the obligatory uh, uh, onus to say what God says. No, it's just me praying, study, praying, and moving out the way. And that will alleviate the pressure of you saying, Lord, okay, God, I don't know if I can say this, Lord, take me. So listen, that's why some entertainers, and we're going into the word, some entertainers before they go on stage, some comedians before they go on stage, they'll tell you, especially comedians. That's why they have to get some liquor in them. They got to get a spirit in them. 
so that when they begin to be, become comedical and begin their 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 uh, comedic uh, 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 you know, what's the word I'm looking for because before they begin to do their set, then they'll they they got to get a spirit in them so that they can take them out of themselves so that they can speak with boldness, honesty, transparency, and foolishness because they wouldn't be able to do it otherwise if they didn't have a spirit come on somebody in them. Uh, causing them to be out of control and allow that spirit uh, to uh, to cause what's in them to come out of them. Mm. So if the so if the industry uh, knows that I got to get drunk or get tipsy in order for me to be funny or in order for me to be straightforward, then why do we feel as if it is our responsibility to always feel as if God's going to tell us and then we have to do it? No, just study, pray, consecrate, and get out the way. And let the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, do what he's going to do. And the people of God said, amen. If you would be so kind, I want you to turn with me. Oh, my. What direction, Lord? Which one? Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Real quick, Ephesians chapter 5. And let's go down to verse number 25. Ephesians chapter 5, verse number. I'm going to begin at verse number 25. Ephesians 5, 25. Again, we we want you. We always invite you to stay tuned, be connected. You see, the City of Truth International. We are actually in embarking on um, starting a. Well, there's a place. It's called the Wealthy Place. The Wealthy Place. Uh, w e l l t h y. The Wealthy Place. It is a community of the City of Truth International, and we are uh, establishing a community. Because we got some things, some uh, some informational things, some uh, things that we want to give you that is outside of uh, the norm uh, as it relates to church, as it relates to Bible study. But some things that are still going to be God centered. Because whatever we do, it is going to be, it must be God centered. We will never remove God out of the equation. I don't care what this new age theology uh, that is saying that you don't have to season. God in everything that you do. No, no. If God is going to get the glory, God is going to be the seasoning. Amen. He's going to be the reasoning and the seasoning in everything that we do. And it's going to be uh, centered around. It's going to be rotating around the center, which is God. Amen. Yahweh, Jehovah, whatever you, all of that, y'all. Amen. So let's go to Ephesians chapter six. So stay tuned, be connected. Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians chapter six. I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 5. It's right there on your screen. Ephesians chapter 5. Let's go down to verse number 25. And then and then put the announcement out here as well. We are no longer doing uh, radio broadcasts. Those of you who may have been tuning in every week, thank you for the support that we did for two years. But we have moved on from that. So we are no longer doing the radio uh, broadcast, uh, the audacity of truth. We are no longer doing that on a weekly basis. We're not doing that at all. We do we do have our podcast, so we will give you information, put that up as well by way of announcement so that you can go to the podcast. So messages like this can be uh, heard on the podcast that we have um, that is on Spotify, Apple Music, um, iHeartRadio, and maybe one more platform that I can't think of right now. Amen. Amen. So again, Ephesians chapter five, verse number 25, we're not going to be before you long. It reads on this wise, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church 
and gave himself for her. Now, before I lose my audience, if I have an audience, please understand that this is not going to be a message or a word that is going to be centered or saturated pertaining to marriage and man and woman. No, it's not that. But I have to read this to get the full context of what's going to be brought out today. Okay. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. <laughs> that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. Verse number 27 is really the point of emphasis for today, that he might present her to himself. Hear this again, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Ooh, I wonder how many messages is going to be taught and preached about this today or within the upcoming week, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle, or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Verse number 28, so husbands ought to love their own wives. That's a whole message in itself. If we could just underline that and just stay there, park there parenthetically for a good five to 10 minutes. So husbands ought to love your own wives, not some other man's wife. Love your own wives, not even loving the bride of Christ more than your own wife. Hmm. I'll leave that alone. So husbands ought to love their own wives. Here it is. As their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Hallelujah. Now that's one of my greatest missions and mandates today. Now as an apostle, not to, not, not to plant churches all over the place, not to plant people uh, not to uh, bring a order of order in the houses of God and in the people of God, not just to pluck up, throw down, uh, root up, uh, destroy, plant and to build according to what he told me to do in Jeremiah chapter one around verse number six, verse number six and seven. Not even that. But my greatest assignment is loving that woman that is on the other side of the house <laughs> that's watching me right now. That is my greatest assignment that I love my wife as Christ loves the church and gave himself for her. Loving her is the representation of how I love my own body. Hallelujah. That is my greatest assignment. When, when, when I transition, I pray I don't transition for a long time because there's much work that needs to be done to the glory of God because there's much things that need to be set in order. Uh, but, uh, but, 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 but when I transition, let it be known that, that I was a great preacher, great teacher, that I uh, decreed and declared the truth of God in and, and, and the faces of men um, that, that wanted to stone me. That, that's not the test. I want the testimony to be that that man loved his wife as Christ loved the church, that he took care of her when he took that woman from, not took her, but when he received that woman from her father, and said, to, to, to whom do, uh, to whom do uh, you give this woman to be wed? Uh, to, who, who gives this woman to be wed to this man? And he said, I do. That I want to be as a testimony. Yeah, yeah, no, I haven't did everything right. I haven't been perfect, uh, but my heart has been pure. 
And let that be said, hallelujah, that I looked after that woman, covered that woman, not only as a husband, but as a pastor, as a spiritual leader, as a spiritual mentor, spiritual father, I covered her and I prepared her and I pushed her into the things of God. Look at this, here it is. For we are members, for no, look at this, so, so husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, uh, and of his bones. For this reason, but shall a man leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, then these two shall be one flesh. Just go back to verse number um, 27 is the point of emphasis. Say with me, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. I just want to talk about for just a few minutes. I ain't going to hold you too much longer. I want to talk about the I I want to talk about identity crisis. I want to talk about identity crisis. Now it's amazing that when we look in the Bible, when we look and we go through the pages and even when we hear uh different ones that speak different things over and over and over again, you hear many people that will say that you know, I want to prophesy like Elijah. I want to I want a double portion of Elijah's anointing. Uh, you will hear people that says that, you know, that I want to be uh, the type of apostle like Paul. I want to be bold like Peter. Uh, you know, we will hear all of these different ones. I want to be a leader uh, like Moses. I want to worship like David. I want to dance like David danced. I want to have the wisdom as Solomon. We have examples in the Bible of how God used uh, imperfect men uh, to do great things in the word of God. You know, but if you ever really look at the Bible and survey the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you will all you will never see one place in here. You will never see anything from Genesis to Revelation where there is anything in the Bible. Even Jesus said that uh, there, there is no other great. There will never be another greater. There will never be a greater prophet outside of John the Baptist. So we have men that are examples, women that are examples. We see Deborah, we see Esther, uh, we even see Job in his suffering. So we have examples that are laid out and spelled out from Genesis to Revelation. But if you ever look at marriage, there is never a marriage in the Bible that is ever pointed to except for the connection of Christ and his church. There is no example that we're ever pointed to. It says you, you, you never hear people saying, nor have this ever been addressed or pointed to. Like, I want to have a marriage like Sarah and Abraham. I, I, I want to have a marriage and, and, and David well, and David and one of his three wives. I, I want to have a marriage like Moses and Zipporah. I want to have a marriage like Peter and his wife. I, I want to have a marriage uh, like like uh, uh, like like Zachariah and Elizabeth, a marriage like Mary and Joseph. There is not an example in Scripture that points to an idealistic marriage, except for the comparison here in the text in Ephesians chapter five, where is the comparison between Christ and His church, Christ and His bride. Look at it again, husbands love your wives. How just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. That is the only reference in scripture where the Bible is making about marriage, what example we are to look to. 
not to any other imperfect couple in the Bible, not to Jacob and Rachel or Jacob and Leah, not to any other uh, marriage in Bible, not Isaiah and Rebecca, not Joseph and, and his wife, uh, no, that, that had Ephraim and, and Manasseh. No, there is no other example the Bible encourages us to model marriage after as it is related to Christ and his church. He says, this is how serious I'm taking the identity of my church, the identity of my bride, the identity of my body. I cannot allow you to look to any man. Oh my. I cannot allow you to look to any culture. I cannot allow you to look at anybody else and say, I need to model my marriage. I need to model my uh, this after this. No, Christ says, I need you to study married folk. How I love it is it listen listen look at look, look at the text husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved it's not even saying loving but how he loved the church in other words i need you to examine how i've already loved the church now it's not saying that there is any love loss for the church now but he's saying that i need you to study how i already loved her and I need you to take the cue from how I loved her. And his whole idea and concept of how he loves the church and how he is, is for us to come into identity and come into unity and to come into union without trying to be anybody else. First of all, he loved us. Second of all, he loves us. And he wants us to conform not to the culture. And not to the, uh, the, the the society's acceptance, but to conform ourselves to a place that we may be presented as a glorious church, not having spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. The identity crisis is, is sad commentary is, is that number one, every place that calls themselves a church isn't a church. Because the church, again, represents the uh, bride of Christ. It represents the body of Christ. It represents what he, his intent is, which is to present her to himself. He's, he says, I'm not even trying to present you into society. I'm not even trying to present the church uh, to the world. I'm trying to get here. I'm trying to present my church to myself to be glorious, to be honorable. And not to be despicable or mocked or humiliated. I'm trying to get her to the place where I present her to myself, a glorious church. But 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 many are making mockery. Many are making the church humiliating. And we can always say this, and, and you know, this is out the window. I'm tired of this. There is no perfect, there's no such thing as a perfect church. And if there is a such thing as a perfect church, then I don't want to go to that church. Let me go because I'm not a perfect individual. And we and we boast about this. He called Sia. We boast about how there is no such thing as a perfect church. Even when Jesus said, Be ye perfect as my father, which is in heaven, is perfect. We'll boast that there is no such thing as a perfect church. And we proudly talk that, that there is no such thing as a perfect church. I don't want to be part of a perfect church. When Jesus said, be ye perfect as my father, which is in heaven and perfect. When Jesus said that I'm presenting to, unto myself a glorious church without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing. But we want to brag that there is no perfect church. Why is there no perfect church? Because there's an identity crisis. Because we really don't know who we are. 
They really don't, we really don't know what we're supposed to be. We really don't know what we're supposed to look like. And so we go with every fad, go with every trend and go with every style. And we try to look like this and look like that. We've taken the scripture that Paul said that I became all things that I, by becoming all things, I may win some. And we take that to feel as if we got to uh, tap into everything that's going on out here so that we can win the world to Christ. The devil is a lie. That is not your intent of wanting to conform to the world. When even Paul said, I beseech you, therefore, brother, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, a living death thing, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that perfect, acceptable, what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. He says that I, that he might present her to himself present her. And when I look, when I look at presentation, I look at somebody holding something and saying, you know, that, that present her to myself. Present her to myself. I'm holding her. Present her. Can he hold us and present him to present her, the church to himself? Now, you know, good and well, it's like a baby. When you have good, when you have a good smelling baby, Baby smelling good. You see the baby. You want to bring the baby all close because you, you're presenting the baby to yourself. You're rocking the baby because the baby smells good. But when a baby is stinking, no matter how cute they are, you're like, OK, <laughs> you, you have the baby, but you got the baby at bay. Mm. You got the baby at a distance because even though even though it's a baby, you're like, oh, hi, how you doing? You're rocking them from a distance. Why? Because they stink. <laughs> You're rocking them from a distance. You're shaking them at a distance. You're, 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 you're rocking them at because they stink and they need to change their diaper and you need to wipe their behind. You need to clean their behind because they stink. And so therefore you can't bring the child close to you and love and coddle the baby because the baby stink. And the baby, need, the baby needs to be changed. The baby needs to be washed. The baby needs to take a bath. The baby needs to be cleaned up before you can bring the baby close. Because what? Because the same stink that's on the baby can get on you. He says, I am that I may present her to myself. And we've got this thing mixed up and messed up thinking that him doing with us what he's doing with us is for the presentation of somebody else. No, no, Jesus said that I need to do what I'm doing, not for anybody else, but I need to present you to myself because you're my bride. You're my bride and, 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 and I'm presenting you as a glorious church, a victorious church, not a defeated church. Not a perverted church, not a carnal church, but a glorious church without spot, not having a spot or wrinkle, not having a blemish, not having a stain, not having things that are out of whack, out of order, without spot or wrinkle. And people don't want to experience being without spot or wrinkle because it means that you're going to have to go through some ironing. It means you're going to have to go through some stretching. If you ever ironed a bed sheet, you know those are one of the hardest and most challenging things to iron because they have so many wrinkles. And so you got to stretch it in order to iron it. And then you, if anything has a spot on it, you've got to treat it with some bleach or treat it with some, uh, uh, what is that, uh, the OxyClean. He says, I'm trying to present my church 
to myself as a glorious church, but my church is lost and don't have no idea of who I am. They don't know who they are and they don't know who I am. And they think because I haven't said anything or addressed it that I approve it. Oh God. Mm. Let me say that again. We think because he hasn't addressed it yet that he approves it. Don't ever think somebody needs to write that and preach that and they need to decree that. They, somebody needs to reshare that one. They, we think because God has not addressed it that he approves it. <laughs> we think that his silence or his delay is, is, is him saying that, yeah, that, that's it. I like that. I approve of that. <laughs> not knowing that he is given a space an opportunity to repent, to be reformed, to be transformed, and to see it the way he sees it. But just because he hasn't addressed it does not mean he has approved it and doesn't mean he's approving it. Just because he's given us space and opportunity to get into his word, to get into his presence. And when I say get into his word, I'm not necessarily saying get into the Bible. Because if you get into the word, then the word will lead you to the Bible. If you get into the word by getting into his presence, then the getting into his presence by getting into his word will lead you to the Bible. Because I got because because a lot of people got Bible, had Bible brain, but they have word deficiency. Mm. They have Bible brain, but word deficiency because you, by the spirit, because you haven't received from the spirit of truth, how to rightly divide the word of God. You, you, you haven't gotten into the spirit to know how to rightly divide the Bible. And so therefore, that's why we have things. That's why we have people that have outdated information. They want to they want to take stuff that was culturally uh, for one thing there and try to make it applicable in 2022. But it's culturally outdated. It was for that culture. It was for that society. It was for that group of people. There were things that were just for Israel that was not for us. But we want to take it and make it gospel. And so we all out there because we got we got Bible brain, but we're word deficient. Because the letter killeth, but the spirit bringeth life. Y'all ain't ready for the word today. <laughs> My God. And so therefore, we try to fit in. We try to, we wear, we do things seasonally. The church or the, 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 the church. Uh, is, is, and sometimes when, when people hear this, when people are having a legitimate disgust for the church, it's not the church of Jesus Christ. It's not the body that people have a disgust for. It's the institutional, the political, the carnal, the nasty, the presumptuous, the, the presumptuous uh, place that is called church. Not the ecclesia, not the ecclesia, however you pronounce it, ecclesia, ecclesia, not the assembly, not the called out believers. It's this institutional it's this political, it's this racial, it's this place, uh, the, it, it's this carnal church that people are disgusted with. And people want to know why people are leaving the institutional, political, carnal, racial institution. It's because of things that refuse to change and reform and most of all, repent. Listen, I'm going to say it again. All these people screaming about revival. God is not going to revive something that has not been reformed. 
He is not going to revive. He's not going to bring alive the places that need to be removed. Revival will come after reform has happened. And reform come, when reform happens, it removes what had, should have never been there to begin with. It removes what is outdated. It removes what is not God-ordained and what is not God-approved. It removes. Once reform removes, then revival will come in. And revival will never be isolated to just one church and one building. A revival will begin if it starts in your building, it will spread to the churches on your block, the neighborhood in your in your community. And then it won't just be three days. It's going to be ongoing and it's going to be sustained. I, I have a brother. I have a brother uh, apostle here in this city. That I, I just be, I, I just I just admire him and I just love him. I, I and he has an expression. Um, he has a new church launch, or he has his relaunch. He's relaunching, uh, I believe, his Fire and Faith uh, Ministries. Apostle Timothy Craig, awesome man of God. He has an expression, a hashtag that says that Jesus wants his church back. That brother there, that apostle, I promise you, he 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 on fire. Jesus wants his church back. Because again, there's a lot of things that we think he accepts and that he approves because he hasn't addressed it yet. Or, or, or you've been ignoring the addressing or he addresses it through the real prophets, which you call the real prophets, witches and warlocks, because they're messing up your, uh, your routine. They're messing up your money bag. And I tell anybody, when God removes the prophets from the church, when he removes the prophet from a place where you're going, the ones that are seeing and hearing God for real, when he removes them because they keep being rejected, woe be unto that place because the next place, the next phase of that place is judgment. God will always send you warning. But if you keep rejecting and killing prophetic voices, and I'm not talking about people that got a piece of paper, a lambskin on the wall, or that's licensed or ordained. You got some prophets in some of y'all churches that ain't got a paper, that ain't got nothing that's been signed. They haven't stood up and given an initial message or a, 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 what a, a trial sermon. Uh, they haven't stood before a presbytery or anything, stood before your bishop, stood before your apostle. They, they don't have a collar on their neck, but they are prophetic, more prophetic than any other thing in that place. And you keep rejecting them because they they don't have the papers because they don't have the gender. Uh-oh, because you think they're not a man and they surely ain't hearing from God because they're not the same color as you, because they're not the same age as you, because they may be younger or because they may be older or because they don't have the clothes that you have, because they're not down with the three-piece suit or because they're not wearing what you're wearing. Then you, you disqualify what God is trying to say to you. And you say, surely this is not of the Lord because surely they, because of the, uh, the, 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 the locust that they're eating and the leather belt that they're wearing and the camel hair that they're wearing. Oh, I'm sorry. That was John the Baptist. Surely this cannot be a prophet or someone that is speaking on behalf of God because they don't look like what we think they should look like, sound like what we think they should sound like, have a paper or pen or endorsement like, like, like others do. And God has been trying to tell you He's been trying to address it, but you've been discounting it because you're thinking that surely this is out of God. Identity crisis. He is looking, he is, again, look at this. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. 
that he uh, and gave himself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing and that she should be holy and without blemish that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that's why it's so important for you to connect with something, connect with a place that is in the word for the sake of washing of water, for the sake of sanctification. Time's out. The time is out for you just to be getting stuff because you want to be rich, because you want to drive a better car, because you want to, we, yeah, yeah, you want to be better in life. But your betterment in life should not just be for you, but your betterment in life should be for somebody else. Not so that you can live on the house on the hill, drive the car in the garage, whatever the case may be. This theology is just, just just jacked up because we're missing it. And the word is going, and the word, there's a famine of the word because nobody wants to go in the word anymore. They want to be motivational. But Jesus says, again, I'm looking to present her to myself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blame, and without blemish. Well, apostle, how, how, how do we get to this place? How do we... How how do we how do we get this? How do we get glorious? How do how do we how do we get back to where we need to get back to? You first of all, it's through repentance. Second of all, it's through understanding that your identity cannot be summed up with society. I'm gonna let that one sink in. Your identity is not tied in to what's going on with society. You gotta quit taking your cues from people that have no spiritual insight, that have no Holy Ghost connection. You gotta quit taking your cues from society. My prayer this week and my prayer for you is simply this. I said, Lord, whatever breaks your heart, let it break mine. Whatever you accept, let me accept. Whatever you reject, let me reject. I want my heart to be his heart. I don't even want, listen, I don't even want what people want to say, uh, you know, they, you know, I prophesied to you that you are a man after God's own heart. I don't even want uh, the David uh, pronunciation that I'm a man after God's own heart. I want a prophecy. I prophesy that I have his heart. I don't want to be after his heart. I want to have his heart. I want a heart transplants that whatever breaks his heart breaks mine. Whatever he laughs at, I laugh at. Whatever he cries about, I cry about. Whatever makes him mad makes me mad. That's what I want to be. I want his heart. I truly am a friend of God. And when you are a friend of God, it's going to cause you not to have many friends in the earth. Because you will speak up. You will, you will, you will stand up for things that other people will want to stone you for and castigate you about. We want to talk about how God's my friend, but are you a friend of God? Identity crisis. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that we will be a people that will value who we are and know who we are and not take our cues from society. Father, I thank you that you, your desire and your purpose and your will is to present us to yourself.
a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that we would be holy and without blemish. Thank you that your word sanctifies us and that your word cleanses us. Father God, let us not bug up against the word. Let us not refuse the word. Let us embrace the word, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all, if you would be so kind, I want you to watch this for those of you who are needing salvation. Watch this so that you can know how that you can be accepted and included in the beloved so that you can go through the washing machine process of being presented unto God as a glorious church, a glorious ecclesia or ecclesia, a glorious called out assembly that he wants to hold and, and embrace. Because as he looks into what he's holding and embracing, he sees his image because his image is in us. Watch this next thing. I'll be right back with you with closing words. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior? Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3 verse 20, Listen, I stand at the door and knock. If any hear my voice and open the door, I will come into their house and eat with them, and they will eat with me. You may ask, how do I accept this invitation to salvation? We are so glad that you've asked this life-changing question. The Bible gives us the ABCs of salvation. A. To all who receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. John chapter 1 verse 12. First, admit you are a sinner. Romans chapter 3 verse 10 and verse 23 says, There is no one righteous, not even one for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Next, ask God's forgiveness. Romans chapter 10 verse 13 says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. B. Believe in Jesus, put your trust in him as your only hope of salvation. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. John chapter 3 verse 16. C. Confess that Jesus is your Lord. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans chapter 10 verse 9. Pray this prayer with us today. Dear God, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you sent your son Jesus to die for my sins and raised him from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and into my life. I want to trust you and follow you as my Lord and as my Savior. Thank you for accepting me just as I am and accepting me right where I am. Thank you for your unfailing love and for the ultimate price your son Jesus paid through the giving of his life and the shedding of his blood. Today I accept your salvation and your redemption in my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Did you pray the prayer of salvation with us today? If so, welcome to the family. 
Welcome to the family. It's just, it's, it's simple, but yet the, the old school used to say it's so simple that a blind man can't miss the, what was it? A fool can't, it's so simple that a fool can't err and a blind man can't miss the way. Find you a community. If you made that decision, I want you to reach out to us uh, here on, um, at the info at the city of truth dash international.org. Reach out to us. Let us know you made that decision and let us know if you need prayer, please reach out to us. Also, the city of truth dash international.org prayers up so that we can pray with you and reach out to us again. Let us know that you've made this decision and so that we can pray that the Lord will lead you again. I'm not saying I'm your pastor. I'm not saying that I'm your, your spiritual covering, your, whatever the case may be. We just want to steer you in the right direction and pray with you that you will find a place where you can be planted so that you can blossom and so that you can grow, so that you can be, be presented, that it can be processed and be everything that God wants you to be because he loves you and we love you. We say we love you to life, we love you to truth, and we mean it. So, y'all, I thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for praying with us. Um, we are doing well. God is, is just doing great things. And so we pray that you continue to um, stay connected to the City of Truth International, stay connected to myself, stay connected with my wife, Pastor Lady Baby, <laughs> Ghost Janine Jackson, and myself. We love you so much. And if you have prayer requests, please feel free to send them in. And we're praying with you. We stand in agreement with you. But just know that your identity as being part of the body of Christ, your identity is not, is not to fit in. Your identity is to stand out so, and to stand up and to be an attracting agent of Christ so that others, when they see you and see how you're handling the pressures of life, when they see how you're handling uh, the, 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 the ups and downs of life, you're real enough to say, you're real enough to cry, you're real enough to sometimes show that emotion of tears and that emotion of frustration, <laughs> but yet they see your bounce back. Ooh, that's a whole nother message. They see your bounce back and they respect your bounce back. They, they respect you enough to say that, you know what? I saw you get upset. I saw you be real. You cried. I saw you get upset. But I also seen that once you walked away, once you went into your car for lunch, once you went into the bathroom, once you went into that one place, and, and if those of you who are in the, the workplace, once you went into that one room that very few people know about, and you had a little talk with Jesus, don't get me started because I feel him pushing me. You came back and you dried, your tears were dried. And, and what I saw before you went in, you came out, you came out differently. What what happened? Did you smoke something? Do you did you have a little something in your purse? What what's going on? No 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 no. You can let them know. No, I I just had a little talk with Jesus, because somebody's watching you and they're and they're seeing and observing your bounce back. They're seeing your bounce back. They respect you enough. They respect your transparency, but they really have mad respect for your bounce back. So whatever you do, whatever's going on, whatever has gone on, don't let anything keep you from your bounce back. <laughs> I done gave you like five, six, seven words today to God be the glory. <laughs> don't let anything keep you back from your bounce back. So y'all, I really do love you. We love you. 
And uh, we will see you again. I believe the Lord says the same next weekend. Love you so much. Love you to uh, love you to life. Love you to truth. Uh, closing remarks. I want to give a shout out to my spiritual daughter, uh, my youngest spiritual daughter, but yet older spiritual daughter, as she got pinned for her nursing. So she is a RN. She and she was pinned um, this month. Praise God for that, and she'll be getting her official uh, diploma, whatever the case may be, degree in. Or she's already got the well. She already finished the courses, but she's walking in April. Also, want to give a shout out to my other spiritual daughter, uh, as she, uh, Apostle Dr. Latrice Williams, is celebrating her ministry anniversary month. This is the minute, this is, we celebrated her in DGMI, Divine Grace Ministries International in July for the birthing of the church. But this is the month, the end of this month is when she was called and when she and gave God yes after uh, running and bumping her head upside the head, and God knocking her upside her head. This is the month that she gave God her yes. And we thank you for your yes. We celebrate your ministry month your ministry, when you gave God your yes. My month is August is when I gave God my yes. And so we thank God uh, for this ministry month. So we celebrate uh, my daughter, Kanaya, uh, and we celebrate my daughter, Latrice, as you all have, uh, as you all are impacting and doing great things for the kingdom of God. Y'all, I love you to life, love you to truth, and we will speak and, and we will uh, commune and we will exchange. Uh, very, very soon. Love you to life. Love you to truth. Be blessed. Oh, if you want to be a blessing to this ministry, watch this next video and you can see how to do so. Thanks, y'all. Thank you for tuning in. Our prayer is that this ministry enhances, enriches, and establishes you in present truth. Consider becoming a global partner. Or, consider becoming a local partner with the City of Truth International, G.S. Jackson Ministries, today.